0: Dear listeners, Today on Mormon Discussion Podcast, we're going to sit down with Krista Whipple, who is the Managing Director of the Youth Futures House in St. George. Youth Futures is a charity that serves the St. George, Southern Utah area, as well as Ogden, Utah area, in providing short-term housing for homeless youth. You can find Youth Futures on the web at www youthfuturesutah.org. That's youth Futures, plural, utah.org. Today, we talk with Krista about the homelessness problem in Utah. Mormon Discussion Podcast is teaming up with Youth Futures to help out their cause. Today, Mormon Discussion Podcast has donated $100 to the Youth Futures Project, and we're asking you, the listeners, to also donate. For every $100 donation that a listener makes, Mormon Discussion Podcast will donate an additional $10 to their cause. If you go to mormondiscussionpodcast.org and go into the episode notes for this episode, you'll find the URL that links you to this fundraiser. It's found at www.classy.org fundraiser 166. 7100. 0, 0. I'll read that again. www.classy.org/fundraiser/1667100. Slash slash 6, 6, 0, 0. Go there today. Donate what you can. And again, for every $100 donated by you the listeners, Mormon Discussion Podcast will kick in an additional $10 plus our original $100 donation. When you go to that website, just below the Mormon Discussion podcast logo, you'll see a little white square with the amount so far that's been raised. Click the white square. It'll take you to a page where you can click make your donation. Once you do that, it's going to ask you a question. Would you like to credit this donation to a specific fundraiser or team? Type in my name, Bill Reel. Mormon Discussion will come up. And you can then click that you want to send it to the Youth Futures St. George Capital Campaign. And there, donate your amount. This is a great cause. Kids should not have to be homeless. And Youth Futures is providing them housing and the tools and resources to get back on their feet. What a great cause. And so many of these kids either are currently in or or come from a Mormon background. What a way to help our culture. Will you help today? www.classy.org slash fundraiser slash 1667100. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Krista Whipple, welcome to Mormon Discussion Podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Glad to have you on. This is going to be kind of a little different from some of the other things we do. We've done in the past. We generally talk about Mormonism and religion and the issues found within uh, Mormon history and whatnot. This is completely separate from that. The reason this is important, listeners, is that uh, Krista is involved in an important project that reaches out to the youth in the area that I live in, in uh, in Saint George, Utah. Uh, there's also a very similar project, part of the same. Uh, The same work uh, up north in, I believe, Salt Lake City, is that correct? In Ogden. In Ogden. And so, uh, obviously, uh, while half the population uh, tends to be Latter-day Saints from the Mormon faith, so half the kids at least, if not more, uh, as we kind of get into some of these issues— are affected by the, by what you're trying to help with. Before we get into that though, Krista, would you mind just maybe introducing yourself to the listener and giving them kind of a little bit of background of of who you are?
1: Yeah, sure, of course. So my name is Krista, and I am the program director at Youth Futures at the St. George location. And uh, my background is really mostly in education. I'm a former teacher, um, and I used to do a lot of staff development training in the education world. And I worked briefly raising money for um, homeless youth in Los Angeles. And I grew up here in St. George, and I was wanting to move back here with my family and and came across... um, the job posting that they were looking for a, a director for youth futures. And I was, I was just really interested in the position instantly. Um, I think that, um, living in Los Angeles, the homeless population is just, it's so visible in your face all the time. And it just made me feel like I had to do something. Um, and I knew I was coming back to my hometown and I knew that it was an issue that was really important to me. And so it was just the perfect timing and the perfect fit. Um, and so I, I came on board with Youth Futures um, in the spring, and we have been working all throughout the summer, getting uh, the house that we've, we have in the St. George area um, and getting that ready to open it up to, to homeless kids in, in Washington County.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, obviously an important work. And I, I sometimes think in areas like St. George, where it's, it's nice and it's clean and the crime rate's low, we, we sometimes think like, oh, we don't deal with these kinds of issues. Would you maybe just talk for a moment about the, just how needed this is and, and why it's so needed?
1: of course. So it really is needed. I know that um, we look around St. Richard and it is, it's really beautiful. It's clean. Um, you just don't see a lot of people hanging out on the streets, but we actually have a really large homeless population here. Um, and there's an estimated population of between 800 and a thousand homeless kids in Washington County at any given time. And so there are kids who end up sleeping on the streets and um, uh, camping out in the desert or in the mountains or that kind of thing. A lot of those kids are um, couch surfing. And so the They're in really insecure housing situations and that leaves a kid really vulnerable to being taken advantage of and falling into trafficking or, you know, having to do really unsavory favors just for a place to stay or something to eat. Um, And so it's a growing problem here in Washington County. And um, our founders are um, Kristen Mitchell and Scott Catusio. They opened the first shelter up in Ogden in 2015. Um, And, knew that only one, one, one youth shelter in all of Utah was just not enough, um, to serve all of the homeless youth. It's that's about 5,000 youth will experience homelessness for at least one night every, every year in Utah. Um, so this is the second phase. This is the expansion of that Ogden, um, shelter, uh, so that kids in Southern Utah will not have a place to come.
0: Yeah. And you talked a little bit there in the beginning about kind of why you see this cause as important and, and your experience in LA, but maybe just talk for a moment about like what drew your heart to this and, and got you involved in this work.
1: Yeah. So let me give you a little bit of the history of how it started even before I came on board. So um, Kristen and Scott were seeing a lot of homeless kids on the streets um, in Ogden. The the homeless population is a lot more visible up there. And just feeling like something had to be done, something had to be done. And they were kind of going to meetings with uh, other community groups saying someone's got to do something. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, well, I think someone's going to do something. Someone else has an idea. And nothing was happening. And they finally realized, well, we're going to have to be somebody who does something. Um, and they had had originally started a helpline for um, LGBT kids, like a crisis line. And so they were getting all of these calls from LGBT kids looking for help. And the thing that they were coming across most often was that these kids needed housing. Um, and there just really wasn't any place to send them. There were no youth uh, Uh, shelters in Utah Um, even here in St. George we do have a um, wonderful homeless shelter at Switchpoint and they can accept families they can take kids who are accompanied by their parents in there but they cannot take unaccompanied minors so when there are kids who are on the street there's just really no place for them Um, so There was a law on the books in Utah that says that you cannot harbor a minor or you would be subject to a $10,000 fine. Uh, So along with a group of other community activists, they lobbied um, to have that law changed. So there's now licensing procedures in place that allow for youth shelters. So Youth Futures was the very first youth um, shelter to open its doors um, in 2015. And as I've said, um, the St. George location is an expansion of that very successful program. Um, and just knowing about how many kids are sleeping on the streets or in insecure situations, it's, I feel much like our founders did that it's just a moral crisis. It's something that we can't as a community say, well, that's okay. Or, oh, well, somebody else will do something. Um, you know, I, I know that kids have a safe place to sleep. And so I'm going to do this work, you know, to make sure that I'm part of the solution.
0: It seems so important. I, I've got friends up in northern Utah, and again, I just moved to St. George maybe three and a half, four years ago, and and I don't see the problem, but I'm aware that it's it's present because of the friends I've got up north, pointing to uh, some of these like almost like a tent shelter where these kids are just sleeping in tents outside, and and that we've got to do better. We we owe it to the the future of our. of of our society and and of our, this area in particular. um, I wondered if maybe you could share a couple of stories of whether it's up in Ogden or whether it's some of the things that you're kind of beginning to see here as the youth futures house is about to um, be up and running. And we'll talk about that in a moment too, but maybe share some of the stories of of some of these kids. Uh, uh, Obviously we don't want to share names and things, but kind of their, their story of what's going on with them.
1: Yeah, so we get a lot of different kids that come into the shelter. Um, it's, you know, one of the first questions I asked when I was first hired is, so what's the common story? What's the typical reason why a kid becomes homeless? And um, Kristen just spread her hands was like, there's just not one story. There is not a typical common answer to that question. Every time you think that you've heard it all, another kid the doorstep. And um, every single day feels like starting from scratch. There's no blueprint for how this work should really be done. We're just figuring it out as we go along. And so so the stories really just, there's there's a huge spectrum of stories of reason why kids end up homeless. Um, the most common response that I get from people is, oh, what, really? Homeless kids in Utah? That's a thing? <laughs> and it is. It's it's a real problem. Um, a lot of times these kids are, um, their parents, are homeless or their parents are incarcerated or they have been kicked out for one reason or another or they've left from you know abusive situations that you would leave Um, and so a lot of those stories are really hard to hear there we do get a lot of um of tragic stories showing up at our doorstep uh i like some of the more hopeful stories um i think that Uh, Not every not every story is a tragedy. Uh, Sometimes it's just a circumstance that a kid is in. Um, For example, there's one girl who just really really impressed me when I met her up in the Ogden shelter. Um, She, you know, was like a student body president. She was an activist in her community. She was a straight A student. She had already earned uh, multiple college scholarships, Um, but you know, she had a mom who couldn't take care of her, and she had no place else to go. And she really just needed a, a place to stay, a, you know, a, a platform that could keep her safe until she could graduate from, from um, high school and go on to college. Um, her goal is to become the president of the United States. And if you met her, you'd vote for her. She's incredible. <laughs> um, and I, so I really like her. I, I really thought that she was a really inspiring story. Um, there's there's more difficult cases that we, we encounter as well. Um, recently, our street outreach team um, was out on the streets of Ogden and met a young boy who was at a skate park and was looking really sad. And so they went over and started talking to him and he was incredibly depressed. And he said that he was planning on taking his own life right there, that day, he was going to do it. He was headed to a bridge. And our street outreach team intervened at just the right moment. And he told his story of what was going on in his life and the ways that he'd been abandoned and bullied and the things that he didn't have. And so they took him back to the shelter and, um, were, you know, kind of distracted him, getting him to try on clothes and that kind of thing until um, the therapist could come and get him. And then they took him to the hospital and got him into treatment. And uh, you know, I have no doubt that our street outreach team saved his life that day, that they came across him in the right moment. Um, as you know, youth suicide is a, it's a epidemic in Utah. Um, the, it, suicide is the leading cause of death among youth aged 10 to 17 in our state. Um, and we're consistently in the top five um, highest suicide rates in the country. And this, again, is just a, it's a moral outrage that you can't hear and feel like you don't want to to do something about it. Um, So, you know, that's part of our mission is just making sure that kids are safe, that they feel seen, heard and validated, that they have a place to be um, and that they have access to resources and, you know, caring adults and the services that they need to get the help that they they so desperately need.
0: So as you pointed out, I mean, the suicide epidemic in Utah is not only atrocious, but it's also growing, which is really um, not only sad, but alarming and we're having to kind of figure out like what is the cause of this and and what's all going behind it i know there's a lot of um political uh arguing back and forth debates on whether the the religion of the state is is a contributor i don't want to get into any of that i just want to recognize like these kids uh, are taking their lives and we want to do all we can to stop it obviously uh any any life we can save is super important um Again, these kids are our future. I I want to talk for a moment um, about the project you guys have in particular. So you have this house, the the Youth Futures Home. I want you to talk about that for a moment. But then I also want you to add uh, on what some of the needs are that uh, that this Youth Futures Home has, and maybe both, maybe as well as collectively between you guys and the Ogden Place as well.
1: Yeah, sure. So. Uh... There are lots of ways that people can get involved and help us out, really just depending on what their um, interests and talents are and what their resources are. Um, we are a nonprofit. We are expanding to a second location. Obviously, our most important need right now is money. So if you are able to give, um, that is really the thing that we need the most. If you are able to organize a fundraiser with your um, school group, church group, social group, neighborhood, office, whatever um, – the, the cash is, is really, really important to helping us um, finish setting up the shelter and starting our program. Um, cash isn't always the easiest thing for people to come up with and give, though, and so there's a lot of other ways to help, too. Um, donation drives, um, in-kind gathering of supplies that we need. If you think about anything that you need to um, run a household and raise a a teenager. That's what we need, which is all the things. (laughs) Um, So if you ever clean out your closet and you had come across clothes, shoes, school supplies, bedding, blankets, towels, hygiene, um, stuff for the pantry, food, um, um, household cleaning supplies, uh, paper products, um, laundry supplies. Um, we could really use just some pallets of water um, to stack up uh, in the shelter. So if you're ever cleaning out your closets or you're at Costco and you want to throw a couple things in the cart for us, um, those in-kind donations are really, really important um, to keeping our shelter are stocked and operating. Um, And as soon as we open our doors, you know, we're not hoarders. We get those things out into the hands of the community and the kids who need them the most. Um, So that will be an ongoing collection that we really need. Um, Right now, I have staff on duty from 7 a.m. until 11 p.m. every day. Um, So any time that's good for you to drop off donations is good for us.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Um, one of the things we're going to do here, and uh, hopefully I'll have the details ready by the end of our, our conversation. Otherwise, I'll add them in uh, as an opening and closing to the episode. But what we're doing is Mormon Discussion is going to donate just a hundred bucks, and and that seems little. But I also want to add this. No, that's which, wonderful. Well, perfect. And I also want to add that every listener, we want to encourage all the listeners to the podcast uh, to help out with this uh, with this project. And so we'll have a link. Uh, that'll be shared in the, again, in the show notes as well as the opening and closing of this episode. If folks will donate a hundred bucks for every hundred dollars, they donate uh, Mormon discussion. will throw in an additional $10 in as well. Um, and hopefully we can at least get to maybe like a thousand or two and, and help you raise some, some funds for your project. Um, I recognize the capital that's needed to get this off the ground. I also want to ask, though, that once the house is open, for the listeners who live in St. George, and there's a lot of listeners to this podcast who live in this area, um, can you maybe give us an idea of some of the things that you need help with once you're open that folks can begin to start reaching out to you and say, hey, I'm available to do this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So once we get open, we're going to have to keep the shelter operating. So we're going to need help with volunteers who want to come in and help with maintenance of the house, with cooking um, and preparing and serving meals. Um, If anybody has a particular skill or talent that they want to share with the kids. Um, For example, we got a piano donated if somebody wanted to do piano lessons or if somebody, um, you know, we have a group of student nurses who are going to come in and do like some health classes and that kind of thing. Um, Really, if you have some sort of skill, some kind of talent, some sort of experience teaching, some some passion that you want to share with the kids, we want to have all of those types of things going on in the shelter. We want it to be um, a place where kids can come and and get their basic needs met, but then all... So, you know, hopefully learn some new skills or or things that they can take with them um, when they leave us and go back out into the world or, uh, you know, hopefully into stable um, permanent housing. Um, We also have a garden project. Um, The. Snow Canyon Middle School Hope Squad, um, a group of kids came in and started a garden in our back lot um, that was beautiful and producing vegetables all summer long. Uh, and that's a project we really want to expand. Um, it will give the kids who come and live in the shelter, um, you know, a therapeutic project to work on in the garden. Um, It also gives a place for the community to volunteer, especially youth groups. I get calls from um, school and church groups who want to volunteer, and once we're open, we really can't have kids volunteer in the shelter, Um, obviously for confidentiality reasons. We don't want someone volunteering in the shelter and then seeing someone when they know, and then that kid gets outed as the homeless kid at school and, you know, it's a mess. So we really want to expand that garden project because it'll give the community a meaningful place to come and provide service and and volunteer and also hopefully produce food for our kitchen and and to hand out to the community as well. Um, so that'll be an, an ongoing growing project that we really want to work on.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I do want to talk for a moment and I, I hope that we can have this conversation i my fear is when you try to talk about this issue um often again the the religion of of our state uh, mormonism which is which takes up so many folks lives there's this issue with lgbt folks and i i want to talk for a moment about if if there's a particular issue here where you're seeing um a significantly uh, large amount of LGBT kids who find themselves homeless uh, in our, in our area and maybe what your thoughts are on, uh, on what we can do to better, better serve these children and and to be of help to them.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, I think because, because the shelter kind of grew out of the LGBT crisis line that um, Kristen has got had started um, when they initially opened in Ogden. And there was a really strong association with that. And so uh, you I can't quote the exact number um, of LGBT kids that were in shelter that first year, but it was high. I want to say it was north of 50 percent. Um, however, Youth Futures is is about serving all kids, regardless of their orientation, their situation, anything like that. And so they really work to do outreach for anybody who needed shelter. Um, so the percentage has gone down significantly. Um, I think when that I think that early association maybe had some kids thinking, oh, that that's just the place for gay kids. I can't go there. Um, so the the percentage is down low, but it's still north of 20 percent um, LGBT kids who come into shelter. And. Um, It is. It's definitely an issue in our state. It's definitely an ongoing problem. We do see kids who are struggling to connect with their families after they come out. Um, But I don't want to overstate it. It's like I said, it's not the only reason why kids become homeless. Um, And Youth Futures is is, um, really committed to making sure that every kid, regardless of their identity or their orientation or their situation, feels comfortable and safe um, in our shelter. So we have a pretty diverse staff as well. Um, We have um, LGBT people on our staff as well as Um, You know, parents of LGBT kids. Um, We have active Mormons on our staff. We have former Mormons on our staff. Um, We know that we are going to get kids in our door who have a relationship to the church, whether they're in the church, they're formerly in the church, they've never been in the church. You're right. It is a really dominant part of our culture here. And so we've made sure that our staff really reflects that so that no matter who comes in our door, there's going to be somebody there who understands them, who they can relate to, and who they can talk to about what they're going through.
0: Beautiful. Um, the house itself. When are we expecting at this point? Kind of uh, an opening for that, or at least maybe approximate.
1: Yeah. So I can only give you approximate because um, it's really out of our hands. It's really in the hands of the, the contractors and the construction workers and the licensing inspectors and that kind of thing. We are running very far behind schedule. The project of renovating the house ended up being a lot. More complicated than we had initially expected. Um, we were hoping to open last spring. Um, we have gotten most of large pro- uh, projects done. Um, there's still some finishing work. We're pushing very, very hard for an opening um, in early to mid October.
0: Gotcha. And financially, obviously, projects like this take a lot of money to get things off the ground, to get them running. And then once they're off the ground, there's still also funds needed to keep things going and to keep programs running. Um, Can you be specific? Like, what is the need that you guys have? And, And again, just hoping that listeners can maybe step up and contribute to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like most nonprofits, we do struggle. um, And so we are in a constant state of ongoing fundraising. Um, And that is fundraising to go towards our current operations as well as towards expanding. So um, opening the St. George Shelter is the first phase of expansion. um, But there are plans for a lot more work. We would definitely um, like phase two to be open some transitional housing for kids who are like aging out of the foster care system, like um, 18 to 22. Um, that's also a, a real need in our community, um, where there's a lack of services and, and and shelter for for those you know young adults. Um, so. Right now, we are we are pushing really hard to meet our fundraising goals for the year and anything that your listeners are able to contribute towards um, reaching those fundraising goals. We would we would really, really appreciate um, we you know, we run a really tight budget and, um, you know, we are really good at making do um, on a, on a short budget like that and making our resources stretch. Um, and we have ongoing fundraising throughout the year. So, um, you know, people can can feel secure knowing that they're donating to an organization that really makes a difference in the community and really makes their dollar uh, um, count.
0: Beautiful. For, for listeners, if, if the homeless youth uh, within the state here of Utah, that a lot of us live in, if this is a need that, that you feel kind of pressed to, to help out with, you feel uh, motivated to kind of contribute to, again, we would encourage you I encourage you to do that. And again, I'll share the link both in the show notes as well as uh, uh, following the conclusion of this interview. Uh, again, Krista, I just want to say, first off, thank you for coming on. The project, I think, is so important, and I think it is a pressing need. As you pointed out earlier, uh, some of the laws were kind of in the way of us being able to help. Uh, and and I always fear sometimes that legislation or legislators even sometimes create these laws out of an effort to want to protect children, but sometimes it ends up preventing uh, people from being able to be able to help. So I'm glad that, that this has moved along and this project is up and running and now moving from Ogden to here. And you guys have got the house almost uh, open and ready to go for listeners who are further away. Perhaps think about donating today. If you live close by certainly donate, but also uh, once this house is up and running uh, the youth futures home, um, See if maybe you can help, if you can contribute to donating some of your time and energy to to what I think is a great cause. Uh, Krista, any last thoughts from you uh, in terms of uh, the Youth Futures Project?
1: Um, No, not really. I'm really grateful for um, the time that you've taken to give me an opportunity to speak about this. Like I said, this is an issue that is really, really close to my heart. And I hope that it resonates with your listeners, Um, especially, you know, I I think it's easy, easier for people who live close by um, to want to help out with something that's Affecting their neighborhood and their community, and so I really hope that those people will reach out and get involved in the shelter and get involved in helping these kids. And for those of you who are living farther away, um, you know, I just hope that, that our story has inspired you to um, to to reach out and help and make a difference. Um, really, no kid should have to sleep on the couch um, or the street or the desert or anything like that. Kids needs need a stable place, and it's going to take all of us. Um, unfortunately, when people talk about solving homelessness, we're never really going to solve homelessness. Homelessness is going to continue because the situations that cause homelessness are going to continue to happen. Um, you know, A family will will be evicted. Someone will lose their job. A kid will um, get kicked out after a disagreement with their family or run away from abuse. Those things are going to keep happening, but it's up to all of us to Make sure that the systems are in place um, to making sure that we can adequately address those situations when they occur um, so that we can get the kids into safe, um, permanent, stable situations as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, beautiful. There are a lot of great causes out there. This is one of them. But not only that, this one is close to home, both not only geographically for those who live in Utah, which makes up, I think, about half the listeners. But on the other hand, this is also close to home with our culture. Yeah, and uh, again, yeah. just want to encourage people to reach out and help. Krista, thank uh-huh. you so much. And, thank you so uh, much,
1: Bill. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and I,
0: I wish you the best of luck with this. Thank you. So there it is, listeners. That's Krista Whipple with the Youth Futures Project. You can visit them at www.youthfuturesutah.org. But again, we just want to urge you, our episodes are getting around five to 8,000, sometimes even 9,000 downloads per episode so that's eight or 9,000 potential listeners out there uh, listening to each episode. We're getting over a million downloads a year, uh, around 70,000 downloads a month. So to the listeners, imagine, imagine if every one of you gave five bucks or 10 bucks. And again, for every listener who can donate $100 or more, Mormon Discussion Podcast will donate an additional 10 bucks uh, into this fundraiser. Again, you're going to go to www.classy.org slash fundraiser slash 1667100. On the website, when you go to that page, you're going to see a little white square, and next to that is the progress of the total financial raising campaign. Click the white square, it's going to ask you for which uh, individual fundraiser you are contributing to. Type in my name, Bill Real. Mormon Discussion will come up. Click the amount you want to donate and uh, and please help where you can. Thank you so much and may the Lord warm your shoulders.
1: I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it the children's life